Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. Survive. Thrive. Stay alive. It's time to get prepared with the Prepping Academy Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to PrepperNet Live. I am Forrest. We're coming live to you from a hospital near you. Got some some updates to give everyone. Got an awesome guest in the green room. Haven't even spoken to him yet, but he's there waiting. I'll bring him up in a minute, a little bit. We got some announcements to go. And of course, as I'm doing the show, starting the show, I'm getting like texts. Make sure you make this announcement. Don't forget this announcement. Can you add this announcement? So, hey, we are going to get started here. Hey, welcome to the show. Um, if you know the sound, if you know the movie, um, Mighty Python and the Holy Grail, and the guy says, I'm not dead yet. Yep, I'm not dead yet. I'm still here, guys. So, anyway, got some story. I was like, what is he talking about? We'll get into that in a little bit. So, let me start the old presentation here. We'll go through some announcements. We'll bring Chris in from ammo.com and uh, make sure I've got everything set. Hey, in the chat room, everyone, make sure you put where you're from in there. Put in there where you're from, what group you're near, why Forrest is alive. I just saw that comment. Um, Yeah. And and hey, Forrest. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you, Lee. So, yep, I'll, I'll tell you about that, guys. Well, let's get started with some announcements. Y'all keep putting where you are from. There's, hey, this is season two. Welcome. For everyone, all the PrepperNet people out there across the, the nation here, and those that are going to be listening to it via podcast, welcome. See, this is season two. There was never supposed to be a season two, but season one ended, and people weren't happy. So that's why we created a season two. So I, I do want to encourage everyone. We operate off forty dollars a year. That's all. That's literally like four cups of coffee at Starbucks. Well, depends on what kind of coffee you get, I guess. But hey, forty dollars a year gets you nine free webinars. It gets me in and out of the hospital. It gets a lot of things done. It gets me. It allows me to buy lunch for a few people. It actually pays the bills. I mean, just think we have nine thousand dollars in bills just for meetups. That's meetups alone. That's not counting the $600 a month MailChimp account, whatever. Just, hey, it's $40. And I even have a way for iPhone users how to um, to upgrade. So go to the website, the .NET site, preppernet.net, and do that. That's that's that's, a, that's, what, that's your first preparation. Preparation? 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 Yeah, preparation you should do. So let's keep going here. I'm not going to beg for money. Hey, I do want to announce, so 
we're getting ready to have a a season of ham radio. We are going to make 500 new ham radio operators out of you guys. And I hope you guys are getting psyched about this. But our first ham radio uh, show is next weekend. Don't forget, you can be a technician licensed. That's a test. General's a test. Extra's a test. They're all just a test. All you got to do is memorize the questions. So the first thing we're going to do is work on 500 technician class license. Now, if you can't get that, I promise you there are third and fourth graders that can remember these questions. So it's easy. We're going to walk you every step of the way. And what if I told you that if you get your technician your technician license, I will get you a free radio, a free ham radio. Literally mailed to your house, free of charge. Well, I'm not paying for it, but I know some people, and I can get you a free ham radio, just UHF and VHF. And if you get your license, I can guarantee you, you'll get a free radio. So it's literally free. You just pay for the test. So anyway, let's keep going. So we're going to help you get your license. We're going to get you an equipment list. This particular radio might not be on our equipment list but it's free but it's probably not on our list so we'll 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 deal with that um and then we'll give you some training and then we're going to do some training exercises trainings and training exercise are different yes trainings learn how to do it exercise you actually practice it again the first week weekend of that is august 13th we're going to have a get started video. That's next uh, Sunday night, September 3rd. is going to be a status update because then you got homework to do and you got a test. Uh, you got a test. You can't get rid of forces like the Energized Bunny. Oh my gosh, guys. I'm waiting to, I got some stories to tell you guys. And then on the 17th, we're hoping everybody reports in with their, with their ham license saying, I've got it. We're ready to go to the next step. And guess what? I'm going to tell you some, some good news, but. You know, sometimes good news can be, yeah, well, good news is we're going to do this again in a couple months. So if this isn't the months, this, if this timing doesn't work out, don't worry. We're going to do it again. Every two months, we're going to start this cycle. We want 500 brand new ham operators by in one year. And if we don't get that done, I owe Josh, which, uh, uh, our, our, well, our um, comms officer. So anyway, I will have to buy him a steak dinner. So I, and I don't want to buy anyone a steak dinner. So anyway, hey, so I did find some funny videos this week. I, well, I'm, I'm going to just, I'm going to go with what I have, guys. If, if I make this up, you'll know it. So I always come with a couple funny videos and I picked two this week. I did this early in the week in case the crap hit the fan. And crap kind of did hit the fan for me. So first one, I'm going to show you the first video. I'm going to pull it up here. These are videos that make me laugh. And if they don't make you laugh, you're not a human being. So this, I literally think, and Beth, BG in the chat, she's going to get really mad at me. I really feel like I have to play this one twice. But and we'll see. So turn your volumes up, even even louder than me. But so and it's kind of hard to see. So squint, get your little magnifying glass out, you know. So here's the first, the first funny video I found that I just, I, I've watched it 30 times. 
I just thought it was funny. So here we go. Tip that may just save your life one day. See this man right here? He's about to get chased by a dog, but he's smart and knows that dogs hate the sound of glass breaking. So he's going to toss himself through this windshield. The dog's going to run. Perfectly executed. Did you see it? <laughs> he, he. Tip that may just save your life one day. See this man right here? He's about to get chased by a dog, but he's smart and knows that dogs hate the sound of glass breaking. So he's going to toss himself through this windshield. The dog's going to run. Perfectly executed. See how that, I mean, if you know the tricks, he saved his life by literally tossing himself into that car's windshield and the dog ran away. That is absolutely, that is genius. That is, that is next level genius right there. What an incredibly smart guy. So then I found this other video. I don't know who this lady is. Y'all might, I think she's some kind of movie star. I don't know. I don't know. I don't watch really movies. Um, and I just don't have time for them. I will watch Mission Impossible. I will watch that. Um, but, and she's on um, a talk show. And man, yeah, part of me kind of wishes, I mean, not that her, but if the words were coming to my wife my wife's mouth that would be pretty cool but okay Th this is funny i love this i found it so tell me what you think about it uh when we first started dating i gave him helicopter lessons flying lessons for his birthday <laughs> he never showed an interest in flying but i just gave him to him in case like the world has gone to <laughs> and we need to fly away so i was like i need to be with someone that can operate <laughs> helicopter first of all why don't you take the helicopter lesson because i'm in charge of weapons and ammo <laughs> <laughs> yes that's awesome I, she said that i don't know who that lady is um and i'm sure everyone will be will comment in there who she is but that, that's because she's in charge of weapons and ammo she can't fly the helicopter and be in charge of weapons and ammos i understand that <clears throat> so that's my two funny videos this week. Um, I don't know her. Beth says she doesn't know her. Well, Beth, you need to get out more. So um, with that said, Beth, since you're coming up a lot, you sent me a dang text. Hey, make sure, make sure you announce this. So she said, I can even read it like, like I can read. So I'm going to pretend like I'm reading what she said here. Okay, guys. It says, Hey guys. That's coming from her, not me. So I didn't say that. She said that. There's a great event coming up in Hilton, West Virginia, September 7th through 10th. This, a, this is a perfect opportunity for the PrepperNet members in that region to get together. Take some, take some great classes and network. Beth G will be posting the details in the chat room right now. So I, I guess she's posting detail i don't see the details but she's posting them right now guys she has five free tickets um so let her know if you plan to attend and if you like one of these tickets so there you go she's there she posts something there i guess they're 75 dollars prepper has five free tickets to go to that um the reason i won't be going to that is oh I'm moving my daughter into her college that weekend. That was the, that was the, I was wondering, I forgot why I wasn't going to that. Just remember. So anyway, there you go. Beth will handle that in the chat room. Like she always does.
And don't forget, we got a great guest to get in the green room. We're getting ready to get to him. So, hey, this week, people you need to follow. Last week was um, um, active self-protection. Anybody follow him? Anybody watching his videos? Let me know in the chat room um, if you did, because I just, he's great. I mean, he is just a swell guy. Um, this week, I got a new guy. I've, I mentioned his name before. I may even mention it last week. Um, so this guy this week is a new friend of mine. He's called the Economic Ninja. This guy is great, has a YouTube channel to do this. I mean, he I'll tell you this. He's so rich that he does what he wants to do. And he's a full time fireman. I don't know if it's volunteer I don't know, but I know that he does it because he loves helping others. And he'll tell you he owns 30-plus properties. He does all this investment. He, I mean, he does all this stuff, and he does what he loves to do as a fireman. Matter of fact, he'll come in with some some smoky, you know, I don't know if smoke's leaving his hair or whatever, but he's got he's dirty and go, hey, got to record this video about the economic news. So anyway, y'all give him a follow. He's he's a good guy. I like him a lot. We're getting to know each other, and I really like some of the things he's saying about our economy right now. So that's the economic ninja. He's he's great. You'll love him. And he always he's got a cool start. I was I think I said this last time. He he starts every video like this. Okay, now with that said, I am going to tell you guys a little bit of what has got, been going with me here. So, so, um, and you know, if you're bored with this, I'm apologize, but, um, just, um, so on Thursday, I, um, Thursday morning I woke up and I was dead sick to the world. I mean, it, it took effort to move. My body was aching. Everything in my body was aching. So on Thursday and Friday, I was dead in bed. Couldn't even do hardly anything. I mean, I was just sitting there on drugs. I wasn't vaccinated. I don't know if this was COVID. I don't care. I was sick in bed before all the questions come. So Saturday morning, I woke up and I felt great. I mean, I'm like, dude, that was a two-day sickness. That was, I, I mean, I'll get sick once a year if it's just two days. So I'm sitting on the couch and my wife's sitting on the other end. And I'm watching YouTube videos of the economic ninja. I can't wait. Yeah. To tell him. And all of a sudden in my right eye, 25% of my right eye goes gray. I can't see out of 25% of my right eye. I'm looking and I'm like, what is going on? It is gray. It's like, I can't even see that quadrant. Draw your eye into a quadrant. I could not see out of 25% at all. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I'm blinking and I'm blinking and walking around the house. My wife goes, what is wrong? And I told her and she's like, and of course, what does everyone do? They go, the, you know, what, what happens when your eye goes 25% just blind or gray? And everything on the internet literally said, you may be having a stroke. So, um, I, you know, a migraine was, yep, that was, that was a, an option as well. So we thought I need to go to the hospital. So we went to the emergency room. Oh my gosh. 
okay, I don't live in a rich town, but man, I live close to a rich town. <laughs> and um, I went into this brand new hospital, South Charlotte, and I walked in and the guy was like, hey, can I get your, your name? And we gave him the name. And what's your symptoms? And I told him he stood up from his desk with his little, his little, uh, I, I guess, iPad. He goes, he comes around. I'm like, what is he doing? We're not, I mean, he comes around. He goes, now, how do you spell your name? And he's typing it in his iPad as he's walking us. He goes, follow me in the back. So we go in the back and it's about a 50 foot walk. By the time we open the doors to go into this bigger room, it's like where all the nurses meet and everything. There's like a table in the middle. And I'm there. It's by the time we get to that door, I had seven people meet me at the door, including one was a doctor, which was, I'm like, what? By the time they walk me into the middle of this square, like a, of this, like a, it's a, you know, it's where they gather, it's where the nurses stations are. And they plop me down on the table. By the time I was sitting there, I had my name tag thing, you know, printed out. They had IV getting ready to start me. And it was, the, I felt like I was the president of the United States of America. I mean, he couldn't have gotten better care. So it was awesome. I went in there, checked in. They did a CAT scan on me. Everything kind of looked clear. They wanted me to keep me overnight. So I, I had to go to another hospital. They did an MRI last night around one o'clock. Everything looks clear. My wife is pretty sad. She's like, man, you're going to live forever, aren't you? <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm trying to. She's like, man, okay. But um, everything turned out good. Everything's fine. And we think the issue is... Um, about a month ago, I changed my blood pressure medicines. I have hyper, not, it's, it's, blood, it's high blood pressure. You can call it whatever you want to call it, but it's normally a little high, not outrageously high, but we think that my blood pressure medicine for a month hasn't been working at all. And, um, and I mean, just literally my body's kind of been reject, not working and my blood pressure was like, out, out of the way out of the limits. And they think because of that, in your eye, you have vessels and veins that kind of cross each other and twist around that it was putting pressure on one of my uh, vessel, vein, whatever. And it literally kind of, you know, was messing my eye up a little bit. So anyway, I, I was released this morning. So I'm, I'm on 30, Eight hours of not sleeping because I didn't sleep in the hospital. You don't sleep in hospital. It's impossible to sleep in hospitals, especially if they think you had a stroke. So I've had one hours of sleep. I got out of the hospital at noon today. I taught a class to high school seniors that are going to college um, from four to like seven. I rush home and I'm doing this live with you guys. That was my weekend. So I am tired. I didn't do everything I was supposed to do. It's very unplanned, unprofessional, but that's the way we roll. I will have to say this about 1130 on, I guess that was Saturday night. I got a, a buzz on my phone. And I'm telling you, it is nice when people like Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy call you and you're in the hospital and they go, hey, how are you doing? 
And and then the doctor walked in and I had to hang up and I called him back. And so it's just good to have friends like that. I'm just telling you. And it's good to have them part of the PrepperNet community. But they called. A lot of people called. Some people I just haven't had time to return. Um, I tried to return all the text because I did have time sitting on my butt doing nothing. But anyway, that was my story. I'm good. My eye, if you can imagine, you know, my eye is still, the, the vision has come back. It's still a little blurry, but I'm going to a, a um, eye doctor tomorrow and ho- and also my primary care doctor tomorrow and we'll figure everything out. So it's nothing that was serious that we think. No stroke. Matter of fact, they said that my brain looked really good. Like one of the best brains I've ever seen. They literally said that. Not really, but it sound my wife didn't like hearing that. So anyway, that's the story. I'm all good. Thank you for praying. All the people that sent messages and say they're praying for me. All good. Just going to get some sleep tonight and I'll be fine tomorrow. Um, so I'm alive. If you were wishing different, you lost <laughs> this time. So anyway, okay, we're going to get to the show. Hey, thanks for just listening to me there, I guess. So, um, but I was going to, you know, I was going to do it from a hospital room. I was going to do it tonight, no matter what. Let's see if I'm missing anything here on my notes over here. I will tell you that Chris from ammo.com, what a professional. He sent me like, okay, here's some topics we can talk about. Here's some questions. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'll tell you right now, this next part would suck because I would have to literally make it up as we go. And because he did this, it literally was perfect because I got a lot of the details, a lot of, a lot of information about him right in front of me. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Let's see. I think he might be next coming on. So he, the prepping Academy podcast. What are you prepping for? Hey, let's take a quick break. Has your data been hacked? Do you feel uneasy about the vulnerability of your personal information online? Were you involved in the target? LinkedIn, or Microsoft data leaks? Don't know? If not, then pay attention. Join Forrest Garvin from PrepperNet for a free webinar on privacy and security. Gain insights into safe internet browsing, VPNs, crafting online aliases, secure emails, detecting if your data has been hacked, and managing passwords. Secure your spot today for this webinar on privacy and security. It's free. This webinar delves into comprehensive strategies for bolstering your online privacy. We've got you covered from fortifying your passwords to shielding your financial information and mastering state-of-the-art encryption techniques. We're offering two convenient dates to suit your schedule. Reserve your spot now at PrepperNet.com privacy. Don't let cyber threats erode your peace of mind any longer. Take the first step toward a safer, more secure online experience by joining us for our free webinar. Remember, knowledge is power when it comes to safeguarding your privacy. Sign up now at PrepperNet.com slash privacy. We'll see you there. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com. You're listening to The Prepping Academy. 
the information you need before the world ends. Yeah, so let's bring Chris. Chris, you know, I'm going to bring you up here. We'll make us big up here, so it'd be just me and you. How you doing, Chris? I'm fantastic. I'm glad to hear you're okay. My goodness, that was a story. It was, I'm telling you, it was kind of scary. You just don't yeah. know, and you want to do the right thing. And my wife, my wife's like, yeah, what was that, a $6,000 right thing decision? I don't know, because they, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, you know, we we have insurance and everything, but yeah, I, I, it was kind of weird. It was, I've never had anything like that. Well, I'm so. just glad you're all right. Uh, like what we were seeing in chat, I've been watching the chat the whole time. Yeah, that uh, the reason they gave got you in so fast is because if they can get you in that first hour, they can reverse a lot of the damage if it was a stroke. So glad yeah. to hear that it wasn't. Yeah, I was too. But, you know, then my wife and I talked about that, and we I looked around, and we're like, well, it's a brand-new facility. It's like I was literally the only, one per, only person there anyway, too. They were like, you know, the overly attached girlfriend that hasn't, seen you in a long time and you're like oh gosh so anyway um any any old youtubers y'all would know where that reference comes from but you've got that's a that's a that's a key you gotta know the past to know that so hey welcome um please you know i didn't even attempt to to pronounce your last name yeah, it's Dwallet. i get about a lot i get about five to six different pronunciations so i appreciate it chris is fine I didn't even look at my hair. I've been, again, I've just, um, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sending me the list and, and some yeah, of the, your sure. information and what you're specialized in. And, you know, I'm going to have to ask you some ammo questions at some point. You understand that, right? That's okay. what we're here for, brother. Oh, yeah. Um, so. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. And so this is. PrepperNet, we, we most, a lot of our members will come on here. We'll, we'll broadcast this out. This go into YouTube. I mean, into a podcast and, and, you know, so, Hey, tell us about yourself. If you don't mind. Um, I don't even think you said that to me. You didn't see. I know. Yeah. I I missed Um, that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's fine. That's why you're here for sure. No, uh, thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, hi to everybody in the chat. I see the chat starting to get, uh, everybody saying hi. I really appreciate that. I'm glad to be here. So, yeah, I'm uh, actually a chemist by trade. Uh, haven't done that in a while, uh, but uh, I came on with Ammo.com a couple years ago. I really have a passion for writing, for shooting. I've been a shooter for a year. Uh, it started when I was about seven or eight, of course, with my dad's 22. Like, that's how most people do it. I uh, kind of, you know, moved up into bigger things uh, when I was older and I had not had come. I've shot USPSA in the past, still challenged. I don't do it now because I have a family uh, and responsibilities. And, yeah, primers are expensive. Yes. Yeah. But I'm a hand loader as well. I've been a prepper for years and I'm really excited to be here and talk to you guys. So when you say chemist, is that a street chemist? No, I am not Walter White. Uh, sorry, I can't do any of that sort of thing for you. Uh, so I, I, my degree technically is in chemistry. Uh, okay, okay. I, I did a lot of work for uh, Big Pharma, right? Oh, nice. Yes, yeah, the I, I enemy. I was a contractor for Big Pharma for several years. And by several, I mean like 12. Uh, but, uh, you know, I kind of discovered the error of my ways. Uh, mm-hmm. found that it really wasn't my passion. And just kind of started looking, and I just kind of fell into this job for Ammo.com. It was very fortuitous. A friend of mine saw the job posting, and I applied, and here I am. Awesome. That sounds awesome. Okay. And you love guns. You love ammo. Oh, 100%. And so, and so we're going to get in some – this is going to be interesting because this is 
a lot of things what we're going to talk about are things that I never get into. So I get asked questions and not knowing the answer. Fair enough. Okay. Cause I think I already told you one of my slogans was yep. if, if you, if you're not in a group, you're going to die. Yeah, for sure. And so, um, and so I, he's not going to say lone wolf by any means, but we're going to get there. But I do want to ask a few questions about ammo. I mean, you are Mr. Ammo. Um, Oh, that's a new name for you. Mr. Ammo, Mr. 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 Reload. Um, is ammo, you know, we've, we've had so many up and down with getting ammo, the price of ammo is ammo kind of back to normal now, or is there still issues? Supply it's chain? getting there. Uh, if you ask me, it's definitely getting there. And, uh, Elizabeth, I'm sorry if there is an echo. I tried moving my mic further back. Is that better? Yeah. You, is any better or worse? Let me, you sound great to me. Okay. Uh, I'm hearing it a little bit in my headphones too, so I'm not sure where that's coming from. Uh, it could be yeah. me because I'm not wearing a headphone. I, that might be it. I'm pretty unprofessional right now. Oh, no, but. you're good, brother. Now I can't hear you. Why? You got to plug the thing in. That helps. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. It's the old. Uh, it's it's the old all that, that one person. Right? Okay. How about now? No, you, yeah, you still I, I sound good. It. Yeah. Okay. I don't hear it at all now. Uh, thanks for pointing that out. So yeah, as far as ammo supply is concerned, I mean, we're definitely seeing a lot of things back in stock. Uh, mm-hmm. We're definitely starting to get back to that point, but in my experience, and I've gone through multiple ammo shortages before, uh, you know, we saw it with 22 LR right after Sandy Hook. Yep. Uh, it was just out of this world for, you know, the better part of a year and a half. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing now with like primers. And of course, ammo is more expensive than what it was before. Mm -hmm. Trust me, I have the boxes in my ammo storage that say, you know, like $12 on it. And you're like, when are we going to get back to that? Uh, I think it's there are a couple things going on. Obviously, there's a lot of ammunition being shipped elsewhere. Uh, I'm sure we all know where that is. Uh, But uh, I would say as far as what we're seeing, we're definitely seeing, you know, stockpiles and stores coming back. Uh, so we're getting more variety on the website, which is always good. Uh, and so I think I'm hopeful that we'll start seeing prices come down soon. But if things kick off and, of course, we're going into an election year, which is always big uh, for ammunition sales. I would say if it were me personally, I would maybe grab a couple boxes here or there if you don't if you feel like you're a little light. Maybe it might be a good time to pick some up uh, before we kind of get into the whole, uh, you know, cycle for next November. So, so would you say like seventy five thousand rounds is that a good number to have? No, I mean, yeah, I would love to have that, man. If you have seventy five, I don't have seventy five thousand. Yeah, me neither. But man, if I did, I would feel locked and loaded at that point. Locked and loaded, yes. So, um, is is AR if um. Three, um, five, five, six. Or is that hard to get? Because I'm sure they're shipping a lot of that over to Ukraine area, I would think. So as of right now, uh, we still have plenty of five, five, six available uh-huh. and we haven't had problems getting it. Of course, okay. there was that whole, you know, fuss about them possibly, you know, federal not offering, you know, M855 or the 62 grain uh, mild steel core, steel core penetrator bullets uh, offered to civilians. But that has kind of died, thank heavens, uh, because that's the last thing we need. Uh, but I would say that, uh, you know, you can still get plenty of five, five, six. What's harder to get now is seven, six, two by 39. Honestly, mm-hmm. once they did the Russian ammo ban that really hindered, uh, our abilities Ooh. to get seven, six, two by 39. We still have some, yep. but it's definitely, uh, more than what it used to be, sadly. 
So I got some in steel cans. Nice. I love them. That's the, yeah, that's the classic stuff right there. Oh, yeah. I've, I've never opened a steel can. I've always been tempted to go, okay. I've done uh, it once. Uh, is it so, just loosely packed in there? I'm sure it is. Isn't it? it is. I, if I had known, I would have gotten mine. I could show you what it looks like. Okay. I, can send you, I can send you a picture later. Good. But uh, I had, so the, like the first like rifle that I bought myself after I got my own AR was a Mosin Nagant because like, okay, <laughs> I want to get something big and I don't have a lot of money because I just got out of college. So uh, I was like, let's get this. It's it's supposed to be really good. And I got one of those spam cans, right? So I was just excited yep. to crack into it. It it takes a little while. If you think you're going to crack that thing open in like five minutes, you better oh, really? give yourself a little more time. Is that uh, a P38? Uh, it, they have a specialized like uh, tool that you can yeah. use for it. Uh, and it definitely chews through that metal really well. But you do have to kind of like, it is similar to like a P38 or a P51 can opener. It's the same concept. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's usually just like loosely packed in like paper um, wraps, for lack of a better term. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. Never opened one. I have one, we'll say. Uh, of course. The <laughs> of rest course. of me lost in a boating accident, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Darn you things. Know, uh, they just sink right to the bottom, don't they? The other question is, before we get into this, which is going to, um, is, um, I don't even know if you know the answer. And again, these aren't canned questions by any means, but... um. Um, these short barreled rifles, mm-hmm. you guys, um, apparently I, ju- I'm a member of many different gun organizations. And one of them is the, um, gun owners of America, mm-hmm. GOA, yeah. GOA. And they actually got a, a conjunction. There was a judge offered them one, which means apparently I'm covered under that injunction. So my barrel, my short barrel rifles are still legal for me at this point. Are we talking about with the, uh, the arm attachment? Yes. The arm attack, you know, you put your hand through there. I love shooting. I mean, everybody shoots like that, right? Of course. um, That's how it's supposed to be used. Right. Right. Uh And so is there any new, I I just haven't been following it in the last month. Is there any new, do you know if there's any new legislation on that? So I have been keeping an eye on it uh, just in case, because, I mean, obviously this is a big issue for the gun community. And obviously they, they had their hearing on Capitol Hill, which was comical, if you ask me. Uh, and the injunction that you're referring to from GOA is the most recent uh, injunction that I'm aware of. Uh, and I believe they are trying to put a stop to that. Thank heavens, uh, because it's just ridiculous, the, the mm-hmm. type of tyranny that we're having to deal with. This It's like soft core tyranny, right? right? It's like we're just going to yes. chip away. Just a little bit here and there until there's nothing left. Uh, and that's something that we're trying to fight against, you know, at ammo.com just to kind of keep people aware of what's going on, things like that. And uh, have you, we like to say, you know, so that you're armed, not just physically, but also, excuse me, also mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, so if, this is hard for me to talk about now. Um, like you call it suburban survival. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, we, we were chatting a little bit through email and I'm like, man, who would want to stay in a town when the crap hits the fan? But man, you brought up so many good points. I'm like, not everyone can have a retreat. Yeah. And so everyone knows my retreat. All my PrepperNet fans know where my, um, not fans, members, yeah. um, they know my retreat is in Miami Beach, Florida. Okay. You go to the beach and you dig down and I have a bunker. Nice. Everyone knows that's where mine is. All right. 
And it's the safest place in the world. And so that's where mine is. But not everyone can afford to, one, travel the distance, two, bury, you know, an entire town underneath the the, the sand like it I have. It makes it more difficult. Yeah. So not everyone, one, is they're in a group. They're not in a group. They can't get out of town. So there has to be maybe Prepper Nat needs to think a little bit more about suburban urban survival and how to bring communities and people together. But tell, tell me how, how you started studying this and how you think this should work for people and just, just give me the lowdown. Yeah, for sure. So I would say that the, the way I started studying this is because I'm living it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's one of those things you, you hit on this really well for us. It's like not everybody can afford to just move out into the sticks and get out into that rural environment. Obviously, that's the goal, right? That's what we all want. We want to be in that place where we can be self-sufficient. We don't have to be attached to the grid. We've got our own water, our own electricity, chickens, uh, you know, whatever else you want to grow, your nice little garden and your 20 acres out in the woods where nobody knows about. That's the goal, right? But it's just not a reality for everybody. It's it's hard, yeah. I wish it were. I really Mm -hmm. do. And that's what the wife and I are trying to, you know, shoot for. But it's going to be a hot minute before we're ready to do that and pull the trigger on it, so to speak. So what I want to do is I want to give people hope. That's the big thing. I Because I feel like there's so much, you know, say bias in the prepper community be like this is how you've got to do it otherwise you're dead right and i know it's not that extreme but i I get that sometimes who's ever said that before i don't know anyone that would ever say that but keep going you mentioned the group part the group part but that's that's, this the beautiful part about suburban preparedness but uh one of the things i pulled this stat up uh from the 2017 american housing survey they said that 52% of U.S. households identify as being in a suburban area. So that means the majority of Americans live in the suburbs. And so I don't want people thinking that they don't have a chance because you do. You just kind of have to approach it a little bit differently. And there are definitely some pros and some cons of living in suburbia. Uh, if you've ever done it, you, I can tell mm-hmm. you what they are. Uh, and, if, right. you know, I'm sure that you could as well in the chat if you guys live there. Uh, you understand the, the pluses and minuses. but I think that if you approach it right, you can definitely have a really good chance of survival in a suburban setting, primarily because of what you said, that community is already around you. And that's so incredibly important to have. Uh, Now, of course, if you're in a rural setting, you've got your people that are coming and you probably have a plan already set in place uh, if you've done that. And kudos to you if you've done that work. Uh, But doing it in suburbia is a little different because I can't just go knock on the next door neighbors and go, hey, uh, Hey, Jim, what are you doing for the apocalypse, bro? Uh, it's going to be a really weird conversation. Yes. Uh, we'll just mm-hmm. put it that way. And so I think you can you can definitely do it. There are ways to do it without being overt and not blowing our own OPSEC, because obviously that's something that we are all are concerned about here in the prepper community. We don't want to be a target. Totally get that. But if the balloon goes up and, you know, we need to be, uh, you know, going to the bunker, uh, going all the forest bunker there in Miami Beach, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe we can't get there in time uh, before he closes the door. And you may have to survive in your your community. And I've got some, you know, some concepts we can talk about uh, to kind of give you some hope and give you some ideas and things you could start doing. One quick question. Um, So. And I, and I understand that so many people live in the city and matter of fact, 
I don't want everyone in PrepperNet or all the prepper groups to go where I'm going. Yeah, of course. Then, then my area gets crowded. And so, so I do want some to stay and fight it out. But no, so in, uh, do you see, do you prepare ahead of time? Possibly putting groups together? Do you, or do you make it up as you go once it happens? So I think really what you're going to have to do is unless you know some people in your neighborhood who are into that, maybe Mm -hmm. I do, maybe I don't, Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be kind of difficult to breach that topic. But there are some ways that you can go about it without being overt about it. Uh, Probably the best example I can say is if your neighborhood doesn't have a neighborhood watch, I would suggest that you go ahead and spearhead that initiative. Uh, If you guys have an HOA, I know I hate them just as much as you do. Uh, but if you have one, go and suggest that. And what you'll typically do is you'll have local PD come in and they usually have like a presentation they do, mm-hmm. recommendations, how you do things. Not only does this one get you in contact with local law enforcement, which can be good because you can talk to them after the meeting, be like, hey, what's going on downtown? Uh, have you heard of anything going on? Getting a little intel maybe about groups that you might need to be concerned about later on. Or uh, what it also does is it gives you an idea, okay, who in this neighborhood is serious about this sort of thing? And it can kind of give you an idea of who you might need to network with, mm. but it can also help you with setting up patrols. Uh, if if things go down and you need, and they're burning down the Walmart on the other side of town, you hear about it through the grapevine, uh, you guys can have patrols set up already because you've already done this neighborhood watch thing. That's probably the first one that's going to be the easiest and most direct way to network with people. But my personal favorite, and this is something that I had kind of a eureka moment with about, okay. uh, it was actually, I can tell you exactly when it was. It was October 31st last year. So my advice for anybody living in the suburbs is get out and walk the dog. And you're going to be like, well, what's that going to do, Chris? How's that going to help me get prepared? A couple things. I have a German shepherd. She's lying down next to me. I won't say her name, so I don't get a guest, another guest on the podcast. Uh, But she and I walk three times a day religiously. Uh, And if you're going to do this, I recommend you set up a schedule when you're going to walk your dog or just walk around the neighborhood yourself. It gives you a little exercise, some fresh air, gets you, you know, moving, all a good thing. Good for preventing strokes. Uh, You know, just just a little tip there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But one thing I noticed when I was out on Halloween, I was like, I can't take I can't take her with me. She's a German shepherd. She's going to be freaking out, right? So it's like, I'm just going to leave her to guard the house and I'll take the daughter out and we'll go trick-or-treating. Every neighbor I went to and said, hey, where's your dog at? I see you walking the dog all the time. Where's the German shepherd at? So Mm -hmm. what this does is it gives you a face in the community. So if things go bad, if nothing else, at least you're the dude who walks his German shepherd. And people can identify with that and be like, okay, well, he kind of walks around a lot. He sees a lot of stuff. Maybe he can, you know, kind of, maybe he knows what's going on. It, it gives you, what I'll say is if people know who you are, that makes you a lot more approachable and a lot more trustworthy, as opposed to somebody who just moved in, no one knows anything about them and you're quiet and you hang out in your house all the time and you never do anything then You're just someone that they've never met before as opposed to the dude who walks his dog all the time. Now, I will say 
as a recommendation, make sure you're taking your bags with you because then invariably your dog is going to do its business in somebody else's yard. And you want to make sure you pick that up because you yeah, I, don't want to be the guy who walks his dog and doesn't pick up the poop. Yeah. Yeah. I'd get in trouble. We yeah, have a lot I, of people that have little signs that says no dog poop in my yard or something. Yeah, for sure. So just make sure you clean out. Be a good neighbor uh, is the mm-hmm. best thing I can say. But I'll tell you this. Uh, you're going to notice a lot of things when you walk around your neighborhood three times a day or two times a day, whatever your schedule allows for, you're going to kind of key in on, you know, who people are that maybe share your belief system. Mm-hmm. There are signs. I will say this. There are things that you can see. Bumper stickers are a big one. Uh, this is why obviously in the prepper community, we recommend not using bumper stickers like NRA clock, mm-hmm. six hour. Uh, you know, I would recommend not putting those on, the back of your truck. I just have my kids beat your kids up. Is that oh, okay? my my kids beat up your honor student? Yeah, yeah, something I, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah I don't have that. No, that's totally cool. But uh, I will say I can tell you pretty much in my opinion, I have a good guess on who my preppers are in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So if things do start going south, I could be like, hey, let's uh, start getting everybody together. Why don't you go take this street and have everybody meet up in the park, uh, and I'll take this street. And let's get everybody together and kind of have a discussion about what we're going to do. Because, you know, I heard that uh, two neighborhoods over, there was, you know, people running through there, burning houses down. And obviously, I don't want that to happen here. And they're going to be like, yeah, dude, let's do this. Let's get everything put together. So I think that the suburbs give you that benefit of having that community already built as opposed to having to go out and build it yourself. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously unless you're really cool with all your neighbors and you know that you're into this sort of thing and they're into this sort of thing, you're probably not going to be running drills together or anything like that. But you can always ask them like, Hey, I saw you had a, a Glock sticker on the back of your truck. You got, you, you like going shooting. Hey, let's go to the range sometime. Let's go, you know, have, I, I know a great range over here. Uh, let's go shooting together. Let's see, you know, who can hit the most bullseyes or something like that. Uh, and just kind of start building that rapport with your neighbors and they may tell you no, and that's be like, okay, well, if you want to do it some other times, so let me know and just brush it off. But it's, I know the the go-to excuse is like, oh, have a barbecue. I'm not going to have a barbecue mm. for 100 houses in the neighborhood, guys, no. especially with the price of meat these days. It's just not possible. So uh, this is a good way, in my opinion, to kind of start building that community without having to, to be like, hey, I'm a prepper. Let's figure out what we're going to do for, you know, an EM. That's uh, Okay. So now I'm I'm, I'm remembering remembering back in my early days um, about some things. So I actually um, love the idea, love the concept, and I've done it. And I but I go there's different levels of what you're saying. I went mm-hmm. to the psycho level. Okay, that's the level you shouldn't go to, Fair and it's frowned upon. Okay. I'm serious, and every all my everyone in here probably knows the story. I'm not going to go in depth at all, mm-hmm. but my last neighborhood, I became the neighborhood president of oh, the homeowners yeah. H- association. HOA yep. president, mm-hmm. yeah. I became the homeowner the the association president, and every communication we had, I said, "Hey, friend me on Facebook," yep. and I would put my personal Facebook account. And I became friends. We had 123 homes. And you know you're a homeowner president when you always know the exact number of homes. But the 123 homes, I had 93 of them friend me on Facebook. And I mapped it out. And I had a big old map, like a five-by-five map of my entire neighborhood. And, you know, this is just between friends. We're we're not going to tell anyone else, guys. But 
I knew when husbands and wives were fighting mm-hmm. by their Facebook post. I could tell if they owned guns, they owned, had a beach house where the kids went to school. I could tell the political party. The information is there. So I love the idea. And um, Sam Copler of um, Forward Observer teaches, teaches this a lot about gathering intel about your neighbors in your neighborhood. And, and I did that and I shared with him a map, my my map, took a photo of it, sent it to him. And he's like, dude, this is like, you're psycho. And I'm like, yeah, okay. That's, that's me. But I'm prepared. Uh, Yeah. But I'm prepared. I knew all my neighbors. I knew, I knew that let's say the poop hits the fan and the people in these houses were gone. I know what they have in their houses. Yep. So I even, I even said, well, I won't go into the, the, but you know what's going on between your neighbors. But that's a great idea is just if you know your neighbors. Now, I can't say that legally. Um, you know who to watch for, too. That's true. That, that is the other benefit of mm-hmm. walking around in your neighborhood is you're going to kind of know which houses are maybe they're doing less than honest things. Mm hmm. Uh, yes. And I have had several of those in the neighborhood. I could tell you exactly where they are and what they're doing, but I'm not going to do that because I, who knows, I might have a neighbor on the, the show right now. Yeah. And so um, a couple things I wrote down was a couple things you could easily find out about your neighbors that could be beneficial for you is find out if they go to church. I mean, y'all okay. might go to the same church or something. Mm-hmm. You can look um everyone in your neighborhood up you can look at a um like a ham radio license and you can see if anyone in your neighborhood has a license anyone can do that you can just go to the uh like a ham radio operator map whatever so you can find out that doesn't guarantee they're a prepper you can find out possibly if they're in the military or they've been in the military because a lot of military are are prideful about that and that's fine that's fine i was too yeah yeah. Yes. Law enforcement. Police. Yeah. You know about that, and also political party, because you can. That stuff is literally you can search that online and find that. Um, yeah. CJ just said that voter registration is public. Yeah, it's pretty easy yeah. to see. So there's a lot of information you can get on people. So, so let's say you do your your analysis, you can find out this person is the first one we send on a trip to get rid of or whatever. You know. These people, trip, right? Yeah, yeah. Downtown, yeah. Snipe hunting, I think we used to call it in the um, but um but and you find out the friend and foe. Oh, yeah. Um so what once you know that, I mean, do you do you suggest that you you do what do you suggest at that point? Just I, I get, mean, you know, obviously there's nothing you're gonna really do right now, but mm-hmm. start building those relationships if you mm-hmm. can with the people that you know are on your level. Uh, if you guys know that you are, you know, you have similar views on certain things, politics is obviously a big one. Uh, not going to get into it, but I mean, when you find somebody who shares your viewpoint on things, it's so refreshing, and you just want to hang out with that person because it's mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, uplifting is really the best thing. It's like, oh, I'm not yeah. the only person who thinks this way. This is fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, I, I would just again do like a soft intro. Uh, if you're walking around and yeah, see they're out there doing something on their yard, be like, Hey, you know, do you need a weed whacker or something? Uh, you know, is there anything I could do to help out or, you know, do the, the thing like, Oh, I saw you had a Glock sticker or whatever, you know, your favorite manufacturer is, uh, on your car. You, you want to go to the range sometime? I'd, I'd love to, you know, 
have some friends and have some company when I go out to the range. I love shooting by myself, but shooting with friends is so much better. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just kind of start building those relationships a little bit. Uh, And then as things progress, then, you know, you can uh, just be like, hey, you know, like, what's your thoughts on, you know, everything going on overseas right now? Are you worried about that? Uh, And you just kind of feel them out, see where it goes and just start up a conversation is really the best thing I can do. Uh, But if nothing else, if you're very averse to conversation or you're shy or you just don't feel socially acceptable to just approach people out of the blue like that, just knowing who's on your level can be more than enough when when things go south. Yeah. So I I see um, Echo Pappas said, I know better than the cat um, cul-de-sac mags. But here's the here's the realistic thing, though. Everyone can't be in a group. Yep. Everyone doesn't, they don't know enough. I mean, if we, if we could make movies about it, get it on the news and get some shows about being in a mag and people preparing and start taking this stuff serious, they're going to be a hundred to one cul-de-sac mag groups formed at a desperation than really true mag groups somewhere. Um, and so they're going to happen. So, you know, I got to figure out how Preppernet is, is, I mean, how can we, I mean, I don't know. I'm thinking through that. I don't know how to help people in that area. That is a definitely get out and know people, but it's going to happen. And, yeah. and it's going to happen to your aunt. Because she lives alone now. It's going to happen to your brother and sister because they weren't smart enough to listen to you. It's going to happen to people you love. We love. So how is it Can we can best train them or get them prepared? I don't know the answer to that, Chris. Yeah, what kind I mean, of- it's difficult, obviously, because mm-hmm. they, they're going to be differing opinions, differing thought processes You know, for the people in your neighborhood. And that is something you're going to have to deal with. And it is a downside. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying this is the greatest solution, right. but I want you to think about that there are solutions to this problem. You know, they're going to happen. Exactly. It's going to happen. If things go down, communities are going to form. In times of crisis, you see this. I mean, we saw it in Katrina when neighborhoods came together to stop the looting, right? Uh, We saw it happen. Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, infringement, uh, we'll say, that happened during that as well. But that's a discussion for another time. Uh, You know, trance. Yeah, I was just about to mention that, you know, hide until 90 percent are gone. That's a great idea. Mm-hmm. But the only problem is a lot of neighborhoods and suburban settings live upon what we call primary ley lines of drift, a.k.a. the interstate system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's going to be a problem because eventually the golden horde is, you know, as we say in the prepper community, is going to come out of the cities and they're probably going to start coming towards your direction. Now, uh, you know, I think one of the things that will help is the fact that you've got a lot of people around uh, and you can be like, OK, dude, I, I can see the smoke coming from up north there's obviously something going on guys Mm -hmm. we got to get ready uh because there's something coming and maybe let's get a scouting party together let's go see what's going on or let's start patrolling the neighborhood so if somebody comes around the bend at least you have a group of people who are ready to at least attempt to defend uh your place and at least make it look like a hard target and the other thing is you can't be up 24 7 right You've got right, to have this right. group of people around. You can't be building barricades. You can't be farming. You can't be collecting water, uh, you know, getting everything ready for fire, making sure that, you know, there's no, you know, people sneaking around your neighborhood. You can't be doing it all, all the time. You're going to have to have those other people around you. 
And like you said, you know, whether they're on the level right now or not, trust me, they're going to be on the level when they're saying, oh, yeah, they burnt down the neighborhood to uh, to, you know, miles up. We got to get ready. Uh, a mag group is a mutual assistance group, Greg. That's uh, just short. Yeah, it's a, a a group to come together and say, hey, when the crap hits the fan, we're going to come together and protect each other. We'll maybe do some training. So, so n- again, not it. Well, first, there's several factors here. One is not everyone's going to be in a mag group. Yeah, of course. Two, some people will never be asked to be in a mag group. Cause you got to have skills and some supplies and some, and, and so there's many factors. It's hard to get them. Matter of fact, I played a video the other weekend about digging a hole was probably the hardest thing you'd ever do in your life. Um, even if it's the most important hole ever, I'm, I'm sure you guys remember that in the, um, the video last week, um, mag groups, it's, 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 mag groups is if you got ever watched my survival groups video, it's it's difficult like a marriage it's literally like a marriage it's it's difficult it's hard to manage people with attitudes egos and um um so it's hard to manage so so there is a good book oh my goodness it is a high dollar book i can't remember the name of it it's um sam cop um mike from um ford observer made me buy it um, big old, big old thick books. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they're, they're big books. They're about, and it, and it talks like a lot about putting groups together, but here's what, here's my suggestion is like always, if you have skills and you have like serious skills and you have serious supplies, everyone's going to want to be your friend. Oh yeah. Everyone wants to be you to be in their mag group or they want to be in your mag group. So it all comes back to skills. Even if you're out of the city or in the city, skills is where it's at. For sure. And it's something that, uh, you know, can never, they can't never take away from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, your skills are things that you can use for your life and they make you need, you're less reliant on gear at that point. When you mm-hmm. have those skills, you're definitely, uh, you know, more prepared uh, and you don't need as much gear to kind of help. And yeah, Lee, I agree a hundred percent. Your family should definitely be your first line of your mutual assistant groups, because trust me, if they know that you're the prepper, you know, they're coming to your house uh, when, when things go down. Uh, and, you know, I've kind of been, you know, one of the things I've been thinking of is, you know, that's one thing I want to make sure that I've got ready for the people who I know who are coming. Uh, and you know, they'll bring some things with them, but obviously I can prep more things here. And that's another benefit of, you know, living in the suburbs as opposed to living in an urban setting or an apartment or something like that is storage space. Uh, you know, if you have your own house, whether it be, you know, 150 square foot, you know, condo, or you've got a, you know, a two story single family home, you've got a whole lot more storage space than somebody in an apartment. Uh, and you typically do have at least a little bit of land. I know I don't have a whole lot, but, uh, you know, the wife and I put up a garden this year for the first time. We actually have tomatoes coming in. I'm very proud of ourselves. Nice. For that. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. We're waiting, new babies. To, yep. we're waiting for them to turn red. They haven't turned red yet, but they're definitely coming in. Uh, and, uh, you know, having those things available, it lets you, you know, get your five gallon buckets in your Mylar bags, right? You can get that shelf stable food or mm-hmm. even, you know, canned food, things like that, comfort foods. It's a lot easier to store in a suburban setting. Now, of course, again, obviously a rural setting is ideal. 
uh, because you can have storage sheds, you can have barns, you can, you know, stack it to the rafters, as they say. But still here in the suburbs, I can have quite a lot stashed away and no one's going to know about it. Hmm. So I will have to say this, Chris, looking at the video, I look pale and I literally look like I just walked out of the hospital. What is going on? You look so well, tan. Because you did just walk out of the hospital. Well, I did. You? but Didn't I, I tell I, you I walked my dog three times a day? Yeah, uh, I know. This, goodness this gracious. I, I got to do something with my lighting or something. I'm like, goodness. You look so fresh and clean, and I look like an old man here. So, um, fine, brother. um, so, so I, of course, Eric, um, Echo Papa, you know, he's all, I mean, he's, he's, if you're not in the mag, you're absolutely going to die, which I'm, I'm a big fan. But you, I mean, your neighbors, the, okay, I'll say it this way. Let me put it back on everyone in here. Let me put it back on, um, even Echo here. Um, the people you don't convert to be a prepper to get in the mag group are going to be left at their house. Mm-hmm. So you either need to convert them or you need, or you don't care enough to even tell them how to survive even at their house. I mean, if you think that's a waste of time, then you're kind of a, I mean, if you don't, if you don't help people, even if they're going to stay and do something contrary to what you believe, you're a, you're you're a sorry human being. You've got to help people with their decision and what they're gonna what they're gonna do. Some people do not have choices. Like my my mag group is not open to anyone. We haven't added anyone in five six years, and we're not looking to add people. If you came to me with a hundred thousand dollars and said, "I'd like to buy myself into your mag book, your mag group, me and my family." We would say no. We don't need your hundred thousand dollars, and um, that kind of concerns us. But anyway, but it's hard. It People is. don't really r- realize how hard it is until they try to form one. It is really tricky, and uh, of course there are. You know, back to Echo's comment. You know, of course there are going to be people who just refuse to mm-hmm. admit that. Things could change, that things might be different and that things maybe are more fragile than we actually believe that they are. And, uh, yeah, I think you do have to do something for them. Uh, I mean, it's your family. Now, of course, I know everybody's situation is different. Some people, you know, maybe they had a family that wasn't super close. And maybe you can say, hey, sorry, uh, you're just going to have to go back and hit the bricks. But I would say one of the things that I kind of talk about that's it's a good idea. Blame it on the makeup artist. That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> And one guy said, and one guy said, yeah, I am old. Yeah, I know. One thing I would recommend is, you know, having some preps set away for charity. Uh, And one thing that I like to do is just kind of have what I call a donation bag. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just got, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of maybe like a um, a vacuum sealed bag of rice, uh, maybe just some basic tools, maybe like a survival knife, things like that. And in the, one of those like cloth bags. I know those were really popular back in the eighties and the nineties, uh, but just like a little, maybe a cheap backpack that you picked up from, you know, a garage sale for a dollar. And it's be like, listen, I, I can't help you. I don't have, uh, you know, enough supplies to help you here, but listen, I can give this to you. Uh, you know, I hope this gets you where you need to go. It's all I've got. And I hope that, uh, you know, that can help you get where you're going. Uh, but it, it's one of those things. Uh, I think that, it's going to be hard if things go down If people show up, especially with kids just to be like, Nope, nothing. You got to go. 
that that to me is going to be nigh impossible. But if you at least give them something, you might give them enough to to get through and and get somewhere that can help them. <laughs> you know, mags are myth. Mm, That's because that. yeah, <laughs> I prove that different. That's because I can put a mag together and keep it together. I've had a, by the way, Chris, you don't know this, but I've had a mag group since 2000. Dude, that's awesome. And we have hundred, uh, 144 people, active people in our group. Oh, wow. Not all of them, you know, some of them are kids of kid, you know, of parents and things like that, but we have a, a large mag group and, um, and I've, yeah, that, 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 I don't know where that comes from because I've literally consulted with 50 mag groups and might be coming from a place of someone not being able to get into a mag group or staying in a mag group. I'm not sure. Um, but I did write down. Um, so everyone knows in my neighborhood, I mean, it's not hard for people to just search my name and they know, Oh, this, this force guy, man, he sends some weird stuff. So I'm assuming most of my neighbors know who I am. Um, and especially my immediate neighbors, it's our neighborhood has, I guess they're probably two acre lots or so there, you know, you got a lot of room, but most of my, the, on my one road, there's like one, two, three, four, five houses, a little, maybe a mile road. I mean, it's, it's, so they know, but they also know that, that, and I've told them, Hey, we've talked about it because I bring stuff up like this because I'm weird like that. And, and I said, listen, guys, if the crap hits the fan, have at it. There's my house. There's going to be radios there. There's, there's some food there. There's a lot of tools there that you can have. I'm going to keep them in my house in case a another pandemic or something comes so I can have supplies here. I said, but when the fan really hits the poop, the fan hits the poop. That would be interesting. The fan hitting the poop. When the fecal I, matter hits the oscillation device. Yeah. Maybe it's the other when the, when the poop hits the fan. That sounds, but um, I said, I'm gone. I'm not taking this stuff with me and have at it. And they're like, what? And so it's kind of opened their eyes. And, you know, there's stories I've told about my neighbors are all preppers now because I had a generator and I supplied every, every we're on wells and septic tanks. They couldn't flush their toilets. And they couldn't get water. And they were going down to, you know, driving miles away. And we had no water, um, no power. And I had my generator. And it was, I just, I let everyone, I wanted everyone to hear it. Because again, this is not where I'm staying. And they came over and I said, hey guys, you need to use restroom right here. You need a hot shower right there. I got everything you need. And they're, and all of a sudden the next storm, all my neighbors had a generator. Now it wasn't a whole house generator like mine, but it was a start. Yeah, better than nothing. Better than nothing. So they're starting to think about it. Yes. Yeah, sure. I'm seeing a lot of mentions in the chat that, uh, you know, giving away things makes you a target. People know you have supplies, mm-hmm. things like that. I'm not sitting out in my driveway with bags saying, Hey, come get your free donation bags. Uh, you know, things like that. It's more in my opinion, of course, there are going to be times we're going to have to tell people no. Uh, and I think that's a hard thing to learn uh, and a hard thing to do. I think mm-hmm. we as, you know, in Western society have a hard time saying that. Uh, and uh, but, you know, things there are going to be people, you know, that are going to come to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I if I had to guess, 
most of the people that you know are probably not going to be in marauder groups or things like that are going to be like, oh, yeah, hey, we can go, you know, ransack this guy's house later. So, you know, giving them a little bit of something, in my opinion, is better than nothing. Uh, it's going to be a weight off of your heart. Uh, you know, if you do uh, believe in in Jesus and things like that, it's definitely the Christ-like thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't, that's totally cool, too. Uh, whatever floats your boat. But uh, I feel like being able to help somebody out in a situation like that can be literally the difference between life and death, death for them. Uh, and maybe it can come back and pay you around later, uh, you know. And maybe later on, you'd be like, hey, I can't give you much, but uh, I know that we're looking to, you know, start building some fortifications. Maybe you can help us out with that. We need some extra hands. Uh, you know, if you're willing to work for it, uh, we might be able to help you out. Uh, you know, just a thing to consider. Also, if you – and every prepper paints an off-grid nation as people just destroy – like Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every prepper I know, if it's a grid down, it's a Mad Max. That's what we like to think. We, I mean, that everyone thinks that, but let's look back in the twenties during the Great Depression. It was nowhere near like a Mad Max. No. People worked together as a community. They, 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 they. Of course, we got bigger communities now, which is probably a bigger problem than the old days. But people did come together, and they were starving. They were dying right next to their neighbor that was dying, and they didn't kill each other to to eat the person or to eat their shoes or or whatever and i'm not saying that you know that that's the way it's going to be in the next time but man when you start thinking mad max you got to believe i i, I truly believe I'm, it's the first time i'm saying this america is a little different i'm just saying we're not rwanda we're not some of these countries that would kill people just for food because our history doesn't show that it, it, it shows that we come. So gosh, maybe I need to stay home. No, I'm, I would never do that, but I'm, I'm getting out of town, but, I blame you. but I can just see that there are communities that will bond together and literally starve together kind of thing. Now, if you're the odd person in that community, and they're looking at you and you, you, you know, I'm still weighing, you know, they might go, huh? So maybe that could be food management on your family's team by not eating so much. I don't know, but That's you know, fair. but you know, I, I think in times of crisis, communities come together. That's been shown time and time again, no matter how tragic or terrible the situation is. And obviously we haven't had like, I won't say like huge, large scale disasters, uh, you know, as of late, but, uh, dude, that's awesome. Philip. Well done. Uh, I'm going to say, he says, uh, for those on the podcast who are listening, he says he's got enough chickens. He's feeding everybody breakfast in his neighborhood for about three years. Dude, I wish yeah, I could man. have chickens in my neighborhood. I totally would, but we have uh, HOA says we can't. So that's a little bit of a bummer. Uh, but yeah, I, I have to agree with you Forrest. you know, even uh, of course, uh, some people, I, I saw a comment earlier saying that, um, you know, there it is. Yeah, Lee said it. We're a lot more divided now than we were back then. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think definitely there is more division. Uh, but I will say that uh, everybody's a believer in a foxhole. And mm-hmm. uh, if you get put in that foxhole in that actual situation, I think that 
a lot of that division and that hatred that we have is going to go away because I don't think at that point anybody cares what candidate you voted for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what your leanings are, what your feelings are about, uh, you know, culture and things like that. They're going to be like, okay, how can we get through this together? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, but, you know, one of my goals was to actually read more books on the Great Depression and just kind of, but I haven't done that. I got so many books to read. I just committed to read five books that are crazy good books um, just because one of the, my mentors um, has told me I need, I'm going to read just for everyone's because someone asked me the other week and I didn't tell him um, it's I'm going to read Steve Jobs again, the richest man in Babylon. I will teach you to be rich, the millionaire millionaire next door and profit first. That was the five books. I was supposed to read them or, or share them, and I didn't share them. But that's the five books I've committed to read. I've read all of them except one before. So, but anyway, so um, yeah, I would like to know. Okay, so the que- the big question is, like in Charlotte, kind of the closer you go uptown, which is interesting. Well, it's changing now, but it used to be. Um, a lot of the the um, lower income families live closer to the airport, which is normal in a lot of cities, seems like, and downtown. Charlotte's kind of reversing it where downtown is now becoming Yuppieville. And I think we're just literally driving the lower income. So is it going to be done on based by neighborhood of income of what communities bond together, come together? Or is it going to be based on religion or or crime or gangs? That's that's I don't know the answer to that. That's yeah, I don't either, honestly. I, and I don't think there's any way for us to really tell uh, or be able to see the future on that one. I wish we could. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that people will naturally, you know, congregate to people that are nearby. So, you know, if you live in those one of those lower income neighborhoods, and obviously you're probably going to be hanging out with those people more frequently unless you have a bug out location, at which point you better be you know, hitting the bricks and getting there. Uh, but I, I think I don't think that these things like, you know, religion and things like and political leanings or, you know, income status are going to be as important during a disaster scenario because uh, it's it's one of those things where, and I can comment on that, Dave, uh, I was talking about there isn't a lot of starvation during the Great Depression, but uh, talk about the Holodomor. Uh, I'm actually married to a Ukrainian lady, so yeah, I can tell you quite a bit about that. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, quite a different situation. That's tyranny at its highest, if you mm-hmm. ask me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think that probably people who you're, you're going to hang out with uh, and hang around in your circle uh, and in your neighborhood is probably going to have to be your group if you can't get out. Uh, so just prep accordingly. Of course, uh, one of the other things I, fr- I failed to mention when you're walking around your neighborhood, just start taking a look at things. Be like, hey, Mary's building quite a garden back there. Maybe she knows what she's talking mm-hmm. about. And you know, it's like, oh, Bob over on the corner, he's obviously, you know, Leo, he's coming in and out with his squad car all the time. Maybe we can talk to him about uh, getting that neighborhood watch set up. Just be aware of people's skills uh, because everybody has skills. Even if your skill is being able to put a na- hammer and a nail together on a piece of wood, that is a skill that you can use, uh, you know, in a disaster situation. So just be aware of that. Uh, be cognizant of it. Don't be, you know, walking around. When you're walking your dog, don't be doing this the whole time. Uh, you know, actually get your head up out of your phone, uh, for a few minutes and, 
uh, just see who's doing what around the neighborhood and you're going to learn quite a bit uh, yeah. about the skills that your neighbors have. So um, I cannot remember the book, but um, so you're doing your, you're, you're kind of like doing a, kind of like a, an ACE report that uh, Mike from Ford observer, you're scouting the area, mm-hmm. you're making relationships, figuring out, seeing if there's relationships that can be, um, you know, cultivate it before the poop hits the fan but then you're kind of going to i mean that i'm I'm telling you we don't like to admit it as preppers but this is that that's going to be the norm this must be done because not everyone has a group not everyone can get out of the city and maybe we got it. Maybe we can, I mean, maybe we can, there's already a great book for everyone. I just can't remember. Oh, I think I do know it. So you say something very smart. And as you do that, I will find the book. (laughs) I think I know. Solid Solid advice. Uh, And yeah, you know, I think that, uh, sorry, I'm just reading the chat here and yeah, sorry. I had to mute there a second. Uh, The puppers was going a little, Barky, I didn't want to blow anybody's eardrums out, but yeah, having that knowledge and books are a great thing to have, obviously, for any disaster situation. Because sooner or later, if that happens, the power's going out, uh, and you're not Mm going to be able to access YouTube or you know any of our channels that we like to follow that have all this information. So, having it in paper is a great way to have it because uh, batteries never run out on a book. That's 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 true. So, I am so close to finding this, it's called um. And I don't even know, I really don't know, um, the, I mean, I don't know the author personally, um, which I hate that, but um, I think I know, I'm getting so close, and I'll be honest with you, it's so much information, it's mind-blowing, and the two books cost me 100 bucks, so they're okay. called, I think I found them, um, and they are excellent, nope, that's not it. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I will find them and let everybody know. I know you can't buy them on Amazon, but, um, they're great books, especially for neighborhoods. Um, so what I still like the idea of assessing everyone's skill, even though you don't really have, you don't even have to know them. Yeah. You just said. You saw some lady was, you know, in your, as you're walking, you see someone that's growing a garden, you see a guy fixing a car over here. If you, if you're real, let's just say not you, but people in general, if they're real, they're going to write this stuff down and they're going to, and they're going to know this and it's going to be, they're going to have a tablet or a, a pamphlet or a map that says, Hey, this guy down on the corner down there, he has a car up on blocks and I think he's rebuilding his engine. He could be a en- good engine guy that could help us do this or, or whatever. Um, so scouting the neighborhood, I think, is important. And gosh, we would uns- we would it would be. Uh, I don't know how to say this. If we can't help people that's going to stay in their own neighborhood and we only try to help people that are in a, a mag group, which I believe 100 percent a mag group with a retreat in the middle of the forest, in the middle of the mountains with a log cabin and all the wood you need. I mean, that's what you need. Oh yeah. Or, for sure. But 
let's be realistic. If you know Charlotte has a million people, if they all did that, that's going to be a pain in the butt up there <laughs> um, in the mountains. If they all had that, so they're going to be a. I want a lot of. I literally, I want people to stay here, and um, and and survive. So we've got to somehow come up with a program to help people. I'll put Beth G in charge of that. She does all my my uh, the difficult work in prepping it. Sure. But um well done, but, Beth. Yeah. But um so how how would you what would be some of the the steps you would do besides walking your dog, writing stuff down? And you do need it would be good to have food for friends and family that show up. Oh yeah, for sure. But what's some other ideas you got? Uh, so what I would do, honestly, if I were getting ready to do this, I would print out a paper map. Just get on your printer. You can get on Google Earth. Figure out your neighborhood, right? I'm going to be looking for easy points of access. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm going to want to kind of lock down. If if things go down, I'm going to be like, okay, we need to have a plan in place uh, you know, ahead of time. And if you're the person that brings the plan, more often than not, they're probably mm-hmm. going to go with that. Uh, Mm -hmm. just the, having the foresight to be able to think about this ahead of time, a huge plus for you. Now, maybe you're not the type to be the leader and you don't necessarily have to be the leader of the neighborhood, but at least you can be like, Hey guys, I've been thinking about this for a while. I was kind of concerned about it. And I noticed that, you know, it's really easy to get into our neighborhood over here and over here and over here. Maybe we ought to start setting up some patrols, maybe put some people over there with some binoculars. If you have some, maybe we can just like keep an eye on what's going on because, it's getting kind of nasty out there. Uh, and then uh, what I'm going to be doing personally is, you know, just kind of getting everybody together. My my plan, <laughs> bless you. Uh, my plan is basically like when things go down, if I'm still here, if I haven't been able to get to my uh, get my property out in, in Indiana where I want, uh, you know, then I'm going to be like going door to door. I'm first going to go to the people that I know are on the level. Be like, hey, let's start getting everybody together. I want to get everybody together in the you know, our park, we have a little park common area and you start talking about a couple things. Uh, when you start to talk about sanitation, that's going to be a big one. The last thing you want to do is have somebody, you know, contaminating your water supply. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about, okay, how are we going to handle this? Uh, you know, what can we do to start getting everybody together? And uh, one thing I want to try and do is try and explain people how to get water purified because, uh, if you ever played the uh, the game, the Oregon Trail back in the day, yeah, if you remember, you died of dysentery. Yes, uh, yes. That happens actually quite a bit in disaster situations. Dysentery, cholera, E. coli, crypto, giardia, the list goes on. But waterborne diseases kill fairly regularly. And if you can, the more people you can save from mm-hmm. that, the more people that can help you get this neighborhood ready to go and, uh, you know, things like that. And you know what, if the HOA people want to take charge, that's fine, but just be like, okay, guys, listen, we gotta, we gotta do this. If they want to bicker about what to do, that's fine. But just kind of be the voice of reason in the crowd. Yeah. I wouldn't let them. Yeah. I wouldn't let them either. I dress up like Rambo Rambo. No, I'm not anymore. I moved. I dress up like Rambo and my belts of ammo, my face painted and they'd all show up in suits. And I go, I'd make some kind of, really spiffy speech and if you're with me follow me and we'd march out to our homes and do nothing but uh that's yeah so um hey i found the book i was looking for okay guys not a cheap book 
Uh, again, um, Mike um, from um, Ford Observer introduced me to this guy. His name is Jack Lawson. Okay. He apparently is a pretty famous guy, Jack Lawson. And the book is called, I'll just, you know what? I'll post it in the, um, right here in the chat room here. Um, it's called Civil Defense Manual. There is so much information there. There's two volumes. I think they're $50 a piece. I told you they're not cheap. They, he doesn't sell them on Amazon, but he, um, they are excellent books. Matter of fact, I have taught a class from information that I got from one of them books once upon a time. Awesome. And they're thick books. books. They're, they're really, and they, I mean, not only are they great books, he writes to the margin. There's like, there's like less, I mean, it's like less than a half, a quarter inch margin on some of the pages. He gets so much information in there. So there, there's the link right there, guys. If y'all want to see that civil defense manual, I don't know him personally. Um, never met him, but I know his book is pretty dang awesome. So, um, um, I was looking here. Um, so how, how do you feel about selling off a neighborhood and not, and letting the neighborhood next door kind of take their care of themselves or do you, do you, do you become like a, a group? And again, I'm going to say this on the air. Um, I wish I could bleep it, but there are some people that are just not going to play fair. Yeah, that's true. And, and somehow you just, we'll just leave it up to your imagine. Sometimes you just got to take care in the best way possible, you know, send them on a trip or something and to make sure that they don't screw up things oh, yeah. that, that need to get done. I mean, there, we, we all understand that. We all know that there's, there's 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 bad and evil people and sometimes that needs to be dealt with but what do you think about different neighborhoods and and how do you come together at the time and and become more of a group with like okay we got to put some people in security here we got to start helping people out i think that uh at least in my vision of how i'm planning on doing this i think that it makes more sense for each neighborhood to be its own unit, so to speak, as opposed to one big unit, because the more people you have involved, the more bureaucracy there's going to be, the more difficult it's going to be to get things done. But what I would suggest, once you have your neighborhood kind of locked down, mm. send somebody over there, be like, hey, are you guys like getting things ready? Uh, you know, what have you guys been doing? Like, do you have somebody who's kind of taking charge or like what's going on and just kind of asking them what's going up? And then if they do have somebody who's kind of running the show, just go talk to them be like, hey, We've got this place over here buttoned down pretty tight. Uh, do you think you guys can handle this side? And then we can basically just protect each other's flanks. Be like, you know, we've got patrols going on. What are you guys doing for security? Uh, mm -hmm. And then you just kind of coordinate with them. I don't see the the super huge community uh, being as feasible because you're going to have even more problems uh, with differing opinions on what you should do, who should be in charge. And I think especially in those first couple of weeks when it's going to be the most dangerous you want to just be able to get things done as quickly and efficiently as possible to make sure that everybody's safe. And so I just think sending a representative over there, just being like, Hey, you know, John running neighborhood B over there. Uh, you know, what are you guys doing? Uh, you know, we can cover you from this side. Can you cover us from that side? And if, if something happens, you know, let us know, we can send some people over there to kind of help you out. And, you know, just same thing if it happens over here, uh, what can we do to help each other? 
And I think just having those separate communities being because they know the people better than I do. I've got another neighborhood right directly attached to mine and I don't walk through there because, well, I only walk so far. Uh, and I will tell you this, walking three times a day will tell you which shoes last and which don't. Uh, and that's some good information to know right there. Uh, so you can kind of stock up on the right uh, type of footwear. I have so many questions like, dear dog, does he prefer certain grass over other grass? Well, I don't want to get into that. Um, I, she's an equal opportunity offender. Okay. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Typically she prefers the park mostly, but uh, neighborhood yards are just as fine if the need strikes her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, just always have those bags with you ready to go. They make little cute little attachments you can put on your dog leash. I have one that looks like a coffee cup. It's perfect. Nice. Nice. So um, this is interesting. It's made me think a, a ton about how do we serve all preppers, not just preppers that are um, the ones that are going to bug out and get a mag and and or buy some land or go to a farmer's house. There are some people that literally can't do that. And and I, there is, I mean, there's a guy, and I've never really, I mean, I've, I've met him several times. Um, but I've never understood his kind of his draw and his, he's called the urban prepper and he teaches people and you know, how to stay in your, and I've never, I've always been so against that. So, yeah, um, sure. I know his channel. He's, he's got some good stuff. He does great Thank videos. You. He puts a lot of time in there. Thank you, Lee. I really appreciate it, brother. Wait, Oh, is that your brother-in-law, your brother, your, what is that? Your mom? Come on now. No, it's not. I, I have not met Reed before, but I appreciate it, brother. Uh-huh. And people are agreeing with you. But yes, so as PrepperNet, we need to maybe start thinking about that a little bit. I've always been in to a, you know, I don't think it's a fault, but, you know, hey, you got to find a group. If you're not in a group, you're going to die and you got to get out of town. You got to get away from population. And um, for sure, for sure. Um, so. But, so uh, I got one thing here for you. Okay. Uh, for, mm-hmm. You guys want to save some money on ammunition? Yeah. All right, here. Uh, I'll post this uh, from our YouTube channel. You'll probably have to approve it because it's a link. Uh, there's a link for you. Uh, it's just for those who are listening on the podcast, it's just ammo.com forward slash Chris, which is my name, C-H-R-I-S. Uh, 75% off? Uh, not oh. 75. I wish. Oh, 20 okay. bucks off. Uh, 20 bucks off your order. So that's for everybody. All we need is an email. Promise you there will be no spamming of emails. I We send out a weekly newsletter with our deals and stuff like that. That's it. You can unsubscribe at any time. Uh, get your free coupon uh, and pick yourself up a little bit extra uh, if oh, you need it. You can't do that? It won't let you post that? I, I, I did it from our, our uh, ammo.com YouTube link. I was on, I'm on both. I'm in the stream yard and I'm watching it on uh, YouTube as well. Oh, okay. Uh, it is on YouTube. Okay, good. It, one of the moderators might need to approve the comment because it's a hyperlink. So, okay. Yeah. Beth or it might, it, it might, you know what? The Google gods might've flagged my comment too. Uh-huh. You never know. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's just ammo.com like right uh-huh. here on the shirt. AMMO.com forward slash Chris C H R I S. Uh, there it is. Like that? Yeah. Yep, okay. There it is. And $20 off. $20 off. Sweet. That's awesome. I didn't even, that was, that's bonus. Yeah. For all you guys who are here, watch the recording, listen to it on, uh, wherever Do you have you're grenade launchers. To I need you to what? refill my grenade launchers. Do you have them? 
Uh, you know, that's not one that I have been able to procure just yet. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll work on that. I'll see if I can't find some for you. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Don't. I don't need them. I understand. Um, well, Chris, um, tell us, everyone, thank you for doing that. That's awesome. For, that's of 20% off or $20, 20 bucks. off. And um, tell us how people can follow you. And I know you write a lot. Do you blog? Do you have a YouTube channel? I don't I don't know any of this information. Just so, tell us. Yeah, ammo.com does have a YouTube channel. We haven't been posting in a while. It's you just spell out the word dot is so it's A M M O D O T C O M. Um, if you want to follow us there, that's totally fine. I would honestly say just check out our articles on our website. We have a ton of content on there uh talking about different calibers, uh things like that. Uh Philip, sadly, I don't have that connection. Uh, but uh, you know, I can work on it. Uh but <laughs> He's joking. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that would probably be the best way. Just checking out some of the articles that we have on there. Uh, great source of information to get yourself some deals on ammo. Uh, if you want to connect directly with me, it's just my full name, Christopher at ammo.com uh, is my email address. I'm more than happy to help out. I saw a couple questions about, uh, you know, specific guns and ammo. If you just want to email me, I'm more than happy to answer all your questions. Well, actually, we if you guys want to ask a question, Type oh, yeah, it on sure. in there. Type I it saw on in one there. earlier, and I can address this. Uh, let me pull it back up. It's way back up there. It's from R&B, uh, A-U-R-E-N. Uh, she asked, could I please address the topic of what is the best type of gun and ammo you should carry as a traveling prepper? Uh, so my advice on that is carry and shoot what you can hit with. Uh, I don't think you need a specific – I'm not sold on the whole you need to carry this caliber and nothing less because, in my opinion – a firearm on your waist is a whole heck of a lot better than one sitting on your nightstand. Mm. So uh, if you're traveling, I would say carry with you what you're most comfortable with and what you're most proficient with. I know a lot of people like the micro subcompacts and stuff like that. I'm not a super huge fan of them. They Mm. are incredibly comfortable to carry, but they are incredibly difficult to shoot well and you need a lot of practice. Yep. Uh, So I always err, especially with somebody who's new to shooting, I never give them a subcompact to start with. Of course, you always give them the 22, right? That's what you always start with. But uh, when we move up to center fire stuff, it's always one of my larger ones because that recoil is so much less on a heavier firearm. But if you're traveling, of course, make sure you're keeping an eye on uh, reciprocity for your carry permit. The last thing I want you to do is get pulled over and end up in the clink because you didn't know what was okay to carry and what wasn't, or if you could carry there legally. So just make sure you're following all the laws uh, because the last thing we need is preppers in jail and not prepping. Yeah. There's an app for that. Rest there process. always is an app for that. So um, Philip, Philip, you were just talking to, and you talk about the chickens. Mm-hmm. He he's coming on the show in about a month. He owns a site called rent a chicken.com. Oh, cool. Um, you can rent, they'll bring everything to you and you just rent it and you get, eggs so um good guy he's like i said i think it's i don't know when it is um uh, i would wants, answer that question he wants by, to see the dog hang on there she there she comes oh goodness great well i think your voice oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 she, she, yeah she's like yeah that's <laughs> enough for you that's enough um any other questions looking in there um that was the one that i saw i didn't okay. see uh, any others? If anybody has any questions, feel free to post it up. Uh, we can talk for a couple more minutes. Easy, girl. We'll go out in a bit. I know it's almost time for night patrol. 
Night Patrol, nice. I would answer that question if I if if I knew someone who was looking for a gun to to travel. I I'm telling you, I love my twenty two pistol. Yeah. I know it's just I can hit it. It always goes bang, and I can carry a lot of ammo with it. And okay. um, so matter of fact, in my bug out bag, well, my my EDC bag, I carry a twenty two with a suppressor on it. Oh, that's uh, nice. Um, so that is one that I do. I've learned that from warrior poet. Yeah, for sure. That's an right. awesome one. Yep. Uh, a Ortiz says, how many rounds should someone have on hand? As many as you can afford brother. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think there's a magic number. I know we like to say, okay, you need to have this many days worth of food, this many days worth of water. Uh, and you kind of build on it from there. I would say, start with what you can afford and just kind of add to it over time. Now, of course, some of that ammo is going to have to be relegated to uh, practice uh, and things like that. But uh, I think the first kind of benchmark, you know, shoot first for 100 and then just start going from there. Just keep building that supply. If you're going to go to the store and pick something up, maybe pick up two boxes, one to put away, one to practice with. And that will okay. kind of insulate you against price hikes, too. So that's how many rounds. How about this question here? It says, thank you. How about a revolver? I mean, if you like your wheel gun, they are really good uh, for uh, especially deep concealment. Some of those little little mm-hmm. uh, snub noses, really tight and light. But again, that snap is going to be pretty difficult if you're shooting off some higher powered uh, self-defense rounds. So make sure you practice with that and you're comfortable with it. I have no problem against wheel guns. I'm not a huge fan of them personally, but that's just me. Uh, and yeah. if you, that type of weapon works for you and you're proficient with it and you got a couple speed loaders for reloads i think you're totally fine as far as types of ammo hollow points uh, that's what i would be packing and see and cj your dad sleeping with an ar under his pillow that's, that's gonna be a rough night that's gonna do work on your neck yeah right yeah here's um phillips um watch as someone use five five six over two two three Higher, uh, sorry, higher pressure. That's why the 5.56 five, is slightly higher pressure than your two, your average 223 Remington. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, yeah, reloading ammo costs just as much as purchasing it. Now it does, that's for sure, especially with the price of uh, primers. Back to the 5.56 five, versus 2.23 question. Uh, your 5.56 five, rifle can, uh, or pistol, depending on your configuration, can easily shoot 2.23. It's totally safe. Going the other direction is not safe. Right. Uh, so do not put 5.56 five, through your 2.23 rifle because 5.56 is a higher pressure per the CIP standards as opposed to SAMI. And most people reloading right now is mostly for competition, I would think. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or you're just crazy like I do. Yeah. Uh, can't some revolvers? Not nine. Well, I know technically. Definitely not nine millimeter Luger. Now, there are revolvers that are nine millimeter. I think what you're thinking is 38 Special and 357 Magnum. Okay. Uh, T.S., it is better to have ammo than to not have ammo. Yes, always. I would much rather have an FMJ than a pointy stick. Yeah. Yeah. Or a knife throwing. Okay, that's been a wow, man. It's been, um, we've gone a little bit long, but that's fine. Hey, give us your your stats again. Give us your, you know, er, where everyone can connect to you. And then I'm going to sign us off. You stay on, though, so we can chat a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, just check us out. Uh, best place to find us is just ammo.com. 
Uh, do I have a preferred holster? The one that you're most comfortable carrying with. That's mm -hmm. my preference. Mm -hmm. um, if you're carrying a revolver, probably leather is going to be your go-to. Uh, but mm -hmm. Kydex is going to be a little bit more weather resistant, but it's going to be more uncomfortable to carry. Uh, so best place to find us is ammo.com. Uh, get your coupon, ammo.com forward slash Chris. Uh, and then if you have any questions specific that I didn't cover uh, and you'd like to reach me directly, it's just my full name, Christopher at ammo.com. All right. So we got that. So this is, is Christopher from ammo.com. He gave us a $20 off ammo.com slash Chris. And guys, we appreciate you guys being here again. And next week is um, Ham Radio. So make sure you you join us and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Prepping Academy podcast. Preppers unite at www.preppingacademy.com. Are you a prepper or homesteader looking to connect with like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own preparedness group? Already have a group? Well, look no further than PrepperNet. PrepperNet is dedicated to personal responsibility, individual freedoms, and being self-reliant. PrepperNet has monthly meetings in over 100 cities where you can meet and learn with like-minded people in your area. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Find us online at PrepperNet.com.